1: If God is for you, who can be against
0: you? You can't deny that it was Him. You can't take credit for it. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. It's it's the middle of June. Uh, I mm-hmm. guess June may be a little bit more ripe than the middle. We're, we're at June 20th. It's a Tuesday, and hope your summer is is going very, very well. It certainly is here at school. We're uh, very excited for the fall as the pieces come together. Uh, we've just recently put out the Spotlight newsletter that featured all of the new teachers and staff that are raring and roaring, ready to to go for the for the new year, uh, we've also put out our "What's Next" packet that gives everybody kind of a sneak peek of of the 23, 24 school year and all the the magic that it holds. Uh, but I am today very excited to welcome a, a very special guest, and and Nathan, this you may be. The most. I'm trying to think, you may be the most traveled guest that we've ever enjoyed having in what we call this space, the International Podcasting Headquarters of <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Kingdom Culture Conversations. But I think you may have actually traveled the farthest. This is Nathan Atkinson. He is the executive principal for Summerland Christian College in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so welcome Nathan.
1: Thank you very much Jeff uh, for having me and I'm, I'm glad to make that a true statement that it's a truly international uh, <laughs> podcast. Thank you very much for having me and uh, it's very warm here in Arizona just for, for those folks who might be listening that don't have, don't have a sense of uh, where we're placed in Australia with our seasons. It's right in the middle of or uh, um, getting close to the middle of winter in Australia so this morning is a bit of a shock to me and uh, you don't have visuals here but I'm in long pants and not shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Whereas I'm in I'm in shorts. So you when you left Australia, we could go. What w- what was the temperature there? Oh,
1: would be about 19 or 20 degrees. Oh my goodness. Yes. Very
0: comfortable. But yeah. Uh,
1: very different from uh temperature starting with a 3 and uh
0: Yeah, nearly 100 degrees higher here, Uh, but actually you're enjoying a very mild uh, Arizona. Like today feels like, in in Phoenix it feels like a summer right out of San Diego. Uh, It's very, very cool. Usually we're much warmer, so I'm glad that God was (laughs) gracious and in his providence provided a (laughs) relatively benign day for you. But we are thrilled to have you here. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what was the purpose of your trip? Oh, look, Jeff, um, mul- multifaceted my, my visit to to the States and Canada. I have a daughter who's 15 who's experienced school for four months in Canada, and uh, she's only 15, so um, I thought I, r- I really be the, should be the responsible parent and um, travel home <laughs> with her from Canada. Um, they'll be stopping over in, in Vancouver from a connecting flight and then back to Sydney, so... Um, I need to to get myself up to Canada. That's that's really the main the main deal of the trip. But um, my school board and, and school leadership team have been very generous in releasing me from school life for for a fortnight to um, to weave in some some great uh, learning experiences as part of my trip. So I visited some some state schools in um, California last week, and this week I'm. Here visiting some Christian schools and uh, Christian University, Grand Canyon University, later on today. And, yeah, that's uh, exciting. I'm very excited about that. I'm, I've been, I've noticed some um, some very exciting things, some passionate educators. And, um, yeah, you've, you've been very generous to me this morning, too, Jeff.
0: Well, I'm, yeah. I'm so thrilled you're here. You're <laughs> here. Pa- Partners in Kingdom Building. And, Amen. Uh, We've got to get together. Well said. Um, yeah. Well said. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about—the school is called Summerland. Christian College, yeah. but what's interesting is there are a number of uh, distinctions from uh, Australian education and American education, and one of them right off the bat is the use of the word college. It's a little yeah. bit different in Australia. When we talk about a college, what grade levels are encompassed within that word?
1: Look, for, for us, that's interchangeable with the word school. And some universities use the word college as well. Wow, well, my college happens to be uh, pre-kindergarten through to year twelve, and uh, all of the schools on the the one campus um, pre-kindy and then primary school, which is kindergarten through to grade six or year six, and then year seven through to year twelve. And uh, together we make up a college. Um, some would say they're they're separate schools within a, a greater school.
0: Wow. Uh, Love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you just kind of our, our listeners cue them in a little bit on the, on the school. Summerlin Christian College is situated between the beautiful Northern Rivers area of New South Wales. The school serves 600 students and their families from kindergarten through twelfth grade, as well as the transition to kindy program. Transition to kindy. Nathan, is that preschool?
1: Pre pre kindergarten through through to,
0: to kindergarten. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the school has a wonderful leadership team of 82 educators, administrative, operational, and support staff. Summerlin Christian College also has oversight of a sister school, Hinterland Christian College, nestled in the Molumbimbi. <laughs> di- <Malumbimbi>. yeah. <laughs> Molumbimbi. Yeah. Uh, Molumbimbi district. Uh, I think that was the name of my band in high school. Molumbimbi. I don't know. Awesome. I, what an interesting word that awesome. is. Awesome. Uh, HCC provides a flourishing education for 66 students. Mm -hmm. The college is governed by the Center Church, Lismore, and Mm -hmm. is affiliated with Christian Schools Australia and Association of Independent Schools, NSW. The college has provided interdenominational Christian education in the local area since 1978. Uh, The school is deeply committed to offering a future-focused and expansive education with a distinctively Christian ethos. Summerland has a high has high expectations of students and staff, and has achieved excellent education outcomes for the last forty four years. Mm-hmm. The school sounds incredible, Nathan. Uh, beyond these facts, what can you tell us about the school? Look, it, it's a fantastic college because it's God's college
1: first first and foremost. Love it, um, but uh, we're some very. Um, Passionate educators in our school, um, teachers and administrative staff with with huge hearts. Um, We have a a vigorous and and energetic student body um, who love their college as well. Uh, We have an intention to build hope-filled futures uh, for our young people. So uh, that ties directly in with our our core values. We have five of them. Um, Being Christ-centered is absolutely number one. Uh, for us, we know that we can't uh, partner with God in um, building these hope-filled futures without Christ in it, Amen. and uh, that's that's absolutely centre for us. Um, we we focus on academic achievement because there's, uh, it's a very godly pursuit to throw your whole self into to whatever it is that you're doing. And for us, we've been called to to serve in education, um, so academic achievement is very important and uh, providing a personalised. Education for our for our students. Um, for us, that means knowing our students, truly seeing them um, as uh, uniquely and individually created by God on purpose for a purpose. Amen. And uh, that's what we mean when we say personalised education. Uh, our fourth core value is partnering with parents. Um, we know that that's uh, that's God's design to have parents and and students um, uh, learn learning together, and the home is the first. Place of learning, of course, um, but it's our job oh. to be partnering with parents and sewing into to that picture. So we can't be doing that separate to them. And um, of course, standing on God's word, uh, the living word being our fifth core value. Uh, we're a Bible-based school. Uh, we teach from a, a Christian worldview and um, seek to embed that in in all of all of the things that we provide for our students.
0: I think uh, that's yeah. one of the things we discovered today. In many ways, our schools are are remarkably similar. Look, we, we,
1: we absolutely connected on that point. And um yeah, you know, while there are some superficial differences in in the way we operate, um that's absolutely the core and um yeah, this this it. mission we're engaged in around or uh, directly about building a kingdom. Uh, Amen. Can't be done without that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So true. So, Nathan, by way of a bio, I'm going to borrow some of what was recently published uh, in the publication Education Matters. Uh, In an interview there, you were asked, what led you to the role of executive principal at Summerlin Christian College? And here's how you answer. I love this answer. You said, as an educator, I have served in a variety of academic, pastoral, and leadership roles in K-12 co-educational Christian schools. I studied a Master of Educational Leadership and have a certificate in K-12 school management from Harvard. Currently, I'm undertaking a PhD in educational leadership. I'm passionate about leading staff and students in the application of both clear, Christ-centered thinking and high-quality educational practice. I believe that my purpose as a passionate Christian principal is to lead and develop the structures, teaching and learning practices and experiences across the two colleges that build students up as a whole. I was drawn to the role of executive principal at Summerlin Christian College and Hinterland Christian College beginning in January of 2022 because of the strong foundations in place in the colleges and the synergy of Christian and educational ideals that I shared with the board and the leadership teams. I consider synergy and values as a key element in matching aspirant school leaders to the right leadership context. Love that. Mm. Can you tell us, you know, as we get started today, tell us a little bit about your own faith journey. When did your journey with Christ kick off? How did that
1: look? Uh, Look, um, many many people's testimonies start off with, um, you know, I was raised in a family of Christians. Um, That's absolutely true for me. Mm. Um, I witnessed my parents' Um, investing into the church communities of which we were, were a part. So that was a great example for me. Um, the Bible was taught, and uh, that was just such a great blessing uh, for me and a foundation for my life. And uh, sad- sadly, though, through my, my younger years, my, my parents ended up um, needing to go separate ways, um, and uh, I really needed to own my faith for myself. And mm-hmm. uh, it was through through God's Word Um that I, I came to make a decision for Christ uh, myself, and uh, life has absolutely never been the same since. <laughs> um, yeah, that passage from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, um, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. And uh, that just so happens to be the guiding uh, Bible passage for our college. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, that's been a guiding passage for me because um, up until my early adolescent years, I'd uh, read that passage uh, to mean that God sort of had everything planned out and and designed for me every little detail in life and uh, to an extent that's absolutely true but um, you know that real hope and purpose that he has for us this hope and future is is to do with Jesus Christ um, and our our life with him and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and then eternity um, with God forever and yeah. uh When I really got that part of that passage, that really hit home for me and a real strong realization that I had to own that for myself. And uh, that's been the platform uh, from that moment forth. Mm. Well,
0: it sounds like you weathered a difficult circumstance as a young man, but in so doing, probably positioned you very well to speak into the lives of students that are enduring hardship as well.
1: At at the time, it was very difficult to to see that, of course. You feel like... um, now this, this is absolutely no good part. yeah but um, um leading into to being a school principal i've held different roles in terms of school chaplaincy and pastoral roles and almost every leadership position i've had through a journey through a college has had a big element of pastoral ministry uh, oh. to be honest so i can see god sort of weaving together the threads there uh, there's no doubt about that and uh yeah sitting sitting beside students and, and and staff and families who might be going through similar similar struggles and uh Just knowing that we can lean on God's word and provide hope—love it—is a huge huge part of uh, kingdom ministry for me.
0: Now, you and I met through one of your mates in Australia, a gentleman by the name of Paul. Do do Uh, Americans Americans generally use the word mates? (laughs) (laughs) You're throwing that in there for me. Was it natural? (laughs) That was very very authentic. authentic. (laughs) Yeah, very authentic. (laughs) (laughs) One of your mates, (laughs) Paul Campy of Resolve Consulting, he's done some work uh, with Northwest Christian as well. He's done work with your school. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that strikes me in every conversation that I have with paul is how different education in australia i think you said it well earlier there are some things that are remarkably similar but then there's some other areas of distinction that are remarkably different would you mind from your own perspective and and you're probably learning more and more as you endure this trip but what are some of the key differences for our students um from their perspective, what's different about education in Australia, education in in the U.S.? I mean, for one thing, you're right in the middle of your school year right now. We're yeah, right in the middle right. of summer. Yeah, you're in the middle of your school year. Yeah,
1: look, and um, I'll take the disposition of a student here because I'm absolutely still learning, and I, I'm picking up things daily on my my study tour here. Um, Organisationally, um, the way schools are organised is is fundamentally a little different um, than than Australia. It's far less common. In Australia to have specific middle school education. So you have elementary, middle school and high school, yep. um, whereas we generally have primary school and secondary school. And uh, so organisationally, that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Um, I can absolutely see the educational benefits of focusing on middle school, both from a pastoral and a learning perspective. I think there's some big advantages there, but it's not so common in Australia. That's That's certainly one thing. There is a great uh, focus here in, in the United States on preparing students for further education, tertiary education, university, and uh, seems to be weaved into the culture even at elementary level, preparing students for that future. And um, I know that the, the world that our young people, regardless of where you are um, on the earth, is remarkably different now than, than perhaps what it was before. So we need to be have an eye to prepare students for the future, be that tertiary education or for the workforce. And uh, American schools, as far as I can see, uh, have their eye on on what it is that's next. And um, I'm I'm interested to dig a little bit deeper and see how that's influencing, you know, the way schools are are teaching and assessing and and practically setting themselves up for that. But I can see that that's well entrenched in the DNA. And uh, that's exciting. Yeah. As an example, I... As I I move around, I see flags of universities and um, colleges and um, decorations in the streets celebrating graduates with um, colleges that they're going to next just to inspire generations to come to to pursue further education. We know that not every student's going to pursue education straight after school. For some, it's straight out into the workforce and uh, serving in a a number of different ways. But um, to always be looking at what's next. Um, if that's the driving force for education in this nation, then that's a that's an exciting proposition.
0: Love it. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I read, and I'm wondering if it's true. Is it the case that every student in Australia wears a uniform, whether they're in a public school or a private school?
1: Yeah. Look, I'd say 98. percent There would be some schools that don't have a uniform, but that would be a very rare,
0: interesting rare thing.
1: Yeah, it, it comes from our British roots. Okay. Yeah. And what yeah, about very, Varying degrees of formality yeah. in the uniform, but most, you know, as each school looks at what are, what are the things that bring a school community together and create a sense of togetherness, and I guess uniform is, is one of those tools. Um, I can see the various tools that uh, schools in the States here are using to,
0: to, to achieve that same, same end. What, what about athletics? What does it look like? What are the opportunities that are available through Summerlin Christian College for students to participate in athletics? Here, you know, we were uh, – I mentioned to you we just are celebrating our second uh, win in terms of state championship in baseball. Uh, I don't know if you have baseball. It might be cricket. Right. Yeah, cricket.
1: Yeah, cricket, the, the Australian version of baseball, you you might say. Um, look, I, I can see how um, – Schools here in the states are using sport as a vehicle and a mechanism for greater things beyond just the playing of the sport and for a sporting opportunity for students. Um, as I see it, it's a way of weaving in school culture and, and school spirit, um, providing opportunity for students to be active. And um, I know Jeff here, you, you have a culture of um, prioritising sports that um, optimise maximum. Participation levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're quite strategic about that. I like that. Um, in Australia, there are um, various levels of competition from inter school sport um, to further representation, but it, um, the sense of competition between schools locally is probably not as great as what it is here.
0: Really? Yeah. But, but
1: certainly plenty of opportunity for students to pursue sports that they're passionate about and follow a path to the pursuit of excellence um, in Australia. And uh, we have great facilities. We have great open spaces um, for students to enjoy being outdoors and and all of those sports. I have a leaning towards cricket and netball because – my girls play netball, um, and now is uh, netball cricket a basketball
0: or is that volleyball?
1: No, netball, completely different sport altogether. Really? A third option here, netball. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, the way I've been explaining it to to Americans in this last week is it's similar to basketball if you take out if you take out the backboard on the on the the ring and uh, uh, you don't allow players to bounce the ball. We're getting a little bit closer. You've got some homework out of this exchange. I, I you know. Well, I'm going to have to look, look it up on YouTube yeah. and see what this <laughs> looks like. So the players don't dribble. They just pass. They pass. Yeah, they can take one step and they must pass it. Interesting. Yeah, oh, it's an exciting sport to watch. It's, it's fast-paced and um, it's a terrific sport. Well, yeah, that's a terrific that sounds sport. So fun. Baseball here is, is, um, is great. I notice you have a good, good setup for baseball here. And um, I've appreciated Americans' passion for baseball. Yeah, yeah. You yeah reminds
0: the Angels in Anaheim recently. I did indeed. Yeah, and that was a terrific night out. But um, you probably saw yeah. it in spades there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, so another key <laughs> distinction as we close out today's episode, I I want to mm. ask you about uh, government financing. And one of the things I learned from our mutual friend Paul is that the government has a hand in financing, not just. Uh, public education, but private education in Australia as well. Yeah. And you know, here in the States, uh, if you take a look at, at school financing, traditionally there is no financing available to private education. Mm-hmm. We live in a state where we have two vehicles, the, the STO, State Tuition Tax Credits, and ESAs, which are essentially uh, similar to vouchers. And these programs have different economic uh, thrusts that enable them to work, but they still don't really figure Prominently into the sort of direct school financing that Australians enjoy. Can you talk mm. a little bit about how it is that the government in Australia helps provide funding for students in your Christian school?
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely, I can. There, there are some similarities there, but but also some some differences. And, and um, Christian Christian schooling and and governments have been in in this partnership since since the beginning, really. Um, so. Um, look, both uh, private and public education um, is funded funded by the government. Um, private education is um, uh, predominantly funded uh, federally uh, with some state funding, and it's the opposite for public schools. Um, the way that schools are uh, measured in terms of how much funding they get, um, in New South Wales, the, the funding model has just recently changed to a model called the direct measure of income, uh, where uh, the, the medium family income um, is assessed on a school basis. We have to submit an annual return and um, we basically get a, a score and then the government determines how much uh, funding we receive on that basis. Mm-hmm. Um, many proponents of this model uh, suggest that that is the fairest model for for all schools. Um, of course, there will always be debate um, between uh, private and and public sectors about who's getting the lion's share of, of funds, um, but uh, yeah, look, the, the, the direct measure of income is is based solely on um, parents' ability to to contribute to to their child's education. So, um, in Australia, that's that's working at the moment. Of course, if um, um, if a school is receiving government funding, then um, we must be following. Um, uh, set curriculum um, that the government uh, endorses. And, um, you know, we need to be, be careful that every cent that's filtered into our school stays in our school and is uh, offered up um, directly to the education of the well, other people. Well, I guess that's, that's, that's my for. question yeah.
0: is, is there any governmental intrusion in terms of what you're able to teach or not teach?
1: Well, we, we are very blessed um, to have a, a blank canvas in terms of what it is that we can Teaching in mm-hmm. Christian schools, and um, we don't take that for granted, and um, we certainly respect and honour um, our governors and and the governance um, model that's set set before us. But we're, we're we're very blessed at the moment, and uh, there are there are some particular funding opportunities, grants. Um, that might be offered that might have conditions attached to them. Um, for example we have a national chaplaincy program that had been rolled out a number of years ago and uh, schools can take on that level of funding anywhere up to twenty or $30,000 a year but um, that chaplain who's appointed to the school is unable to proselytise um, for example mm. and uh, you know, we, we still happily um, take take on that, and um, certainly we wouldn't put somebody in a position where they're breaking those rules. I guess they're, they're witnesses in um, the witness in which they, they live their life. Um, so,
0: but a um, teacher could proselytize. Te-
1: absolutely they can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely they can. The, 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 the looming challenge for for faith-based schools in, in Australia not just Christian schools is uh, the potential for um, legislative change potentially as early as this year. Um, that um, if a school were to receive government funding, um, then we no longer perhaps might have the protections uh, that are in place um, to protect us against discriminating against non-Christian teachers. I see. So uh, there is um, a groundswell of um, support for, for those protections to be removed, Um, from some sectors of our our society. And uh, we're just trusting if that were to be the case, that God would still certainly provide and send us who it is that we need to be able to teach uh, in our Christian school.
0: Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, a uh, well, looming is, challenge. Yeah, this has been excellent. I, I appreciate it. And, folks, I'm going to invite Nathan to come back tomorrow for one more conversation because <laughs> you recently, within your school, endured a set of circumstances that were quite challenging. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd kind of like to descend into that a little bit and mm-hmm. hear some of the lessons that you okay. learned Reflection from Reflection on God's goodness. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, folks, thank you for listening to Kingdom Culture Conversations with Nathan Atkinson from the Summerlin Christian College in Australia. And tune in tomorrow where we'll have one more conversation with Nate and uh, learn how uh, God uh, providentially provided for his school in a, in a recent set of difficult circumstances. Take care. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.